Hello, and welcome back to the Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Hewitt from Castos. This week, I want to start out with a couple of uh, exciting announcements from us here at Castos. In the last two weeks, we've announced two kind of really big things as far as our company and our platform and kind of where we're headed in the future. The first thing I wanted to announce is that our sister company, Podcast Motor, which I started five and a half years ago, I can't believe it's been that long, has formally merged with us here at Castos. So the Podcast Motor team, we have a team of audio engineers and writers and production assistants that really power all of the production work we've done at Podcast Motor and has really been the engine behind our Castos production service, is now formally under the Castos kind of corporate umbrella, and we're all working on the same team towards one common goal. But I think what this does for us is allows us to align a lot of our, our priorities and the progress that we're expecting here going forward to, to align these two services uh, more tightly and, and allow for a lot of efficiencies in how we produce episodes for our customers, what kinds of services that we can offer, and, and really kind of how effectively and how quickly we can turn those around. So we're excited to be kind of formally welcoming the Podcast Motor team into the Castos world. Uh, We're really excited about a lot of the things that this means for our services arm going forward and the kinds of things that we'll be able to offer our customers. And the goal here really is just to make it easier and more sustainable for everybody to create podcasts on a more regular and consistent basis. A lot more on this to come as this evolves, uh, but for now, we're excited to welcome the Podcast Motor team to the Castos family, and we look forward to a lot of exciting developments and new offerings there under our services arm here in the future. The second big announcement we made uh, just yesterday as the recording of this episode is that we are welcoming a new team member to the Castos family, Matt Medeiros. Matt is the host of the Matt Report podcast. He is a, a longtime participant in the WordPress community a longtime podcaster, one of the first podcasts I started listening to, gosh, five or six years ago. And Matt just brings a ton of knowledge and experience in podcasting, in WordPress, in community, organization, and building, uh, and is going to be a lot of the uh, the kind of the voice and the face of a lot of things we do, like this podcast, like our YouTube channel, uh, like our free podcast, like a pro course that's on the Teachable platform. Uh, Matt just brings a ton of experience to the Castos family in terms of, of podcasting, of content creation, of marketing. And we're really excited about uh, bringing someone with his level of, of expertise and experience to the family and for him to be able to share kind of everything that he's learned and everything that he's learning about podcasting with you all. So definitely stay tuned. Matt will be on this podcast here in a couple of weeks, and we'll start being the host of the podcast here, I think, very soon. So please join me in welcoming Matt Medeiros to the Castos team. We're excited about everything that Matt has to bring to the table and can be offering to all of us as podcasters. So in this episode, kind of along with the the overall theme of this podcast, we're answering some listener questions. So we're pulling questions directly from our Podcast Hackers Facebook group, and the idea here being that this podcast is all about helping us make better podcasts, and that takes a lot of forms, and in some of those it is interviewing industry experts. Uh, so we've interviewed folks like Jack Resider, Jeff Umbro, and the gals from the Ladybug podcast. Those are kind of just three examples of people that we think are really leaders in their particular niches and kind of aspects of podcasting that they really excel at. 
And in this episode, we're going to be doing a Q&A question. Uh, you probably have noticed a theme in the last few episodes that it's just been me on the mic talking through kind of how we think about and how we do certain parts of podcasting. And in this episode, we're kind of rounding out this, uh, I'll say season, and that's apropos for our first question, uh, but this kind of little season of, of a lot of monologue episodes for me. And we're going to be getting into more interview and co-host style episodes here shortly. Uh, and the co-host will be Matt that I mentioned before. So our first question from our podcast hackers group is from Pola, and she asks, do you do seasons for your podcast, and do you find it helps or is it redundant? Uh, and I think when she means helps, does it help in the kind of forming and framing of a group of episodes within your overall podcast? And so just a bit of background, seasons is a term that Apple introduced with the iOS 11 release a couple of years ago at this point, and it's just a way to group episodes together within a single podcast or within a single feed that, that kind of makes sense together. Uh, so you can think about seasons much like uh, a sporting season, right? So professional baseball uh, has a season that lasts from April to the fall, uh, and that is just a group of games they play together. That's not the end of baseball <laughs> when fall comes, um, but is just kind of that season. It's that period within kind of the life of a team. So seasons doesn't really work for a podcast like this, where every week we get on and talk about podcasting. We interview people. Uh, we have shows where it's just me. In the future, we're going to have shows with myself and with Matt Medeiros, our director of Podcaster Success. But I wouldn't really say that I can see a point where we would have official seasons to say, like, okay, we're going to devote eight or 12 episodes to this one thing, and we're going to run them straight through, and, and that's going to be it. Uh, that certainly is the natural format for a lot of podcasts. Uh, it doesn't fit in with our podcast. So I would just ask uh, you a bit, you know, say, hey, is the format of your show one that you can kind of logically group together a bundle of episodes? I think eight is the minimum. You can make it 20 or something like that, probably. But if you think about a weekly podcast, 20 weeks is getting up on, you know, the better part of half a year. I think that's a little long for a season. But kind of thinking back to, some of the examples that we know of this are, are shows like Serial, right? Serial had very defined seasons. And so I think that if you if you think your podcast fits into a bucket like Serial or the analogy of like a professional sporting event where there is a, a group of episodes that fit together logically, I absolutely think seasons makes a lot of sense. The other thing it does is it gives you as the host a, a bit of leeway to say, okay, we're going to do this series and then we're going to take a three-week break or a two-month break, and then we're going to start the next series over. And doing that gives your audience this signal that, okay, the podcast is on a, a natural and acceptable pause. Uh, they're in between seasons. They're going to be starting their next season up in September. That's great. I can kind of take a break from this podcast, but know it will come back at some point when they start the next season. Whereas if you don't group your episodes and seasons, you are kind of more obliged to publish on a regular schedule, whether that be weekly or every other week or twice a week or whatever it is. Uh, if you don't group in seasons, you need to be producing podcasts on a consistent basis for your audience to, to be bought into your show at the level that we want them to be. So, um, so that's kind of how we think about seasons. One, is there a kind of a natural grouping of episodes? And then two is kind of, do you want to be able to take breaks from releasing episodes? And kind of, does that make sense for how your content flows? So, Paula, I hope that helps talking about how we think about seasons and how you might think about framing them or implementing them for your podcast. The next question is kind of related to this, and it is, would it be cool to recap previous seasons before introducing a, a second or a subsequent season? 
I think this is a really great idea. We see this a lot in in TV. So if you start a new season of a show, they'll have a little mini trailer episode that's just a couple of minutes to bring people up to speed with the real highlights of the previous season. And, And really, that's either for people who watched, but it's been six months since the last episode they watched of the previous season, or for new people coming in that haven't heard of this before, don't know the background, don't know the the kind of story that you might be picking up here in the in the next season. It's a great way to bring them up to speed and orient them into what the podcast is about, who the players are, what the story is, and kind of where you left off, so that in the beginning of that first episode of the new season, everybody knows what's going on and is ready to go and can kind of follow along more easily. So I love this idea of pulling even just highlights from the actual episodes of the previous season as a way to create kind of a a best of or a recap before you start the new season. So you can even do this as a a bit of a PR move uh, and a promotional tool to say, hey, here's the the trailer episode from season one of our podcast. Season two is coming out next week. Subscribe today so that you get the new episode as soon as it drops. So that's a cool way to think about a, a kind of recap or a promo episode from a previous season as a way to frame and introduce the next season. Okay, the next question is from John. John asks, does anyone have advice on how to reach out to minor celebrities or notables? Do you just send them tweets or messages and hope, or do you talk about your listenership? I think the thing to keep in mind here is that we want to be providing people, whether they're you know minor or major celebrities or not celebrities at all, but just people that we know are in our space, is to provide them something valuable that they can share with their audience. I think that's really the overarching theme that that I follow with this when we reach out to people to say, hey, we created this piece of content, whether it's a YouTube video or a podcast or a blog post or an email even, and, and say, if I share this with somebody who is an influencer of some sort or a media organization, they're going to want to share this with their audience because the piece of content is so good that them sharing this with their audience is going to make them look good. And really, that's what we're going for here is, is we want to offer an opportunity to make this person that we're sharing this piece of content look great and do it in an easy way. And so the few things I would think about is to have some context about like, why am I sharing this with this person? What is in it for them, if you will? So as you're sharing this piece of content with someone, say, hey, I created this piece of content and I wanted to share it with you because X, Y, Z, because... Uh, I thought it really highlighted this thing you do really well, or because I thought it would maybe support this charitable organization you're a part of, or because I knew you're really interested in this, you know, part of organic cooking and and give them a reason to, to really want to care about why you're reaching out to them. Because the more famous and the more kind of prominent somebody is, the more pitches they get and the more cold emails they get. So you want to make it really interesting. You want to make it really personal and really individualized. Don't make one blanket email that you send to everybody that you reach out to, but say, hey, I created this piece of content for you for this specific reason. I think it's valuable for you and your audience for this reason, because it highlights you know, this thing you do really well, or this area that you really excel in, or this thing you did that's really cool. And I just want to share it with you. If you think it's helpful to share with your audience, please feel free and then give them some resources to share it. So get a little, uh, like a tweetable quote pulled and say, hey, if you want to tweet this, you can. Here's something I thought was interesting from this piece that you could tweet out. If you have something like a, a featured image for that specific episode, or if you created an audiogram, of that part of your episode that you wanted to have them share, share that with them directly in the email. And the goal here is just to not make it hard for them to share, make it really easy, give them all of the background, all of the context, and all of the reasons they would want to share something. 
and then make it really easy for them to do it. So give them those resources, either the text or the email or the image or the audiogram, right in the email. They don't have to go anywhere, do any work. They just put that into Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and go. So so that would be my advice on reaching out to anybody, whether they're a minor or a major celebrity or, or you know, kind of a B-lister in any world, is, is just really make it personal and genuine and give them the context and the reason why you're sharing this with them and why you think it would be valuable for them to share with their audience. And then make it really easy for them to share it. Don't make them go do any work. Uh, so give them kind of a little mini media kit in your email so that they can just go do this pretty easily. Okay, the next question is, have you ever changed your podcast cover art at any point? Is this possible? And when is it a good idea? Uh, so the answer to is this possible is absolutely. Uh, this is controlled directly from your RSS feed. So typically any place that you would be creating your RSS feed, whether it's in a hosting platform like Castos, if you're using a WordPress plugin like Seriously Simple Podcasting, this is where your feed comes from and is really the thing that podcasting directories like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and even third-party apps like Overcast or Pocket Cast read to pull information about your podcast. And so if the feed is the place that these places pull information about your podcast, then all you would need to do is upload that new image to wherever your feed is managed. So again, it could be your WordPress site, it could be your hosting platform. Upload that new image there, and you're all set. Places like Apple Podcasts or Spotify will pick up this new image within an hour, typically, and will show that new image in the listing for your show on those directories. One tip we like to use to make sure this refresh happens faster is to name that image something different than the existing image kind of file name. Um, and so if you look at your actual RSS feed, uh, you'll see this kind of image tag in there. You'll see what the file is named. Just name the file something new before you upload it. And that will be kind of a trigger to places like Apple Podcast. Hey, there's a new file here. I need to refresh this whole feed and it will show that a little quicker. So if you called it podcast cover image, you might just want to call it podcast cover image new or podcast image cover updated uh, before you upload it to wherever your feed is managed. And that will be a trigger to places like Apple Podcasts to refresh that a little faster and that will show up there directly. So the question of, is this a good idea? I think um, one of the comments for this for this posting was, yeah, your, your podcast is an evolution and it evolves with time. And as your show evolves, it has different meanings and different purposes and serves different audiences. And when you think that has happened is a good time to update the cover image. You know, if the if the kind of idea or the theme or the audience that your show serves has changed over time, which is perfectly fine and really natural, then it's time to update that cover image. Uh, I do think it's a good idea to, to give your audience a bit of a heads up to say, hey, I just want to let you know before the next episode comes out, we're going to be changing our cover image. Stay tuned. I hope you all like it. Any feedback, please let me know. It's a cool way to get some audience participation, but it also is just a way to prep them that, hey, when you look at your podcasting app next time, the image that you're used to seeing from my podcast is not going to be there. It's going to be a different one. Everything else about the show is going to be the same. Just wanted to let you know, please let me know what you think of the new image. So, I, you know, again, giving your audience uh, the expectation of what is coming is a really good way to keep them in the loop, keep them engaged. And your podcast cover image applies here just like, you know, publishing schedule or content updates or anything like that. So, uh, so that's our advice on changing your cover image. It's absolutely possible. It happens wherever you manage your feed. 
And I think it's a really natural thing to do as your podcast evolves and the scope and the focus on the audience that it serves changes over time, which is really natural for a lot of shows. The next question is, what service do you recommend for transcription? And I'm going to cheat here a little bit and give kind of three different answers. The first is Castos has this built into the hosting platform automatically. Every time you upload an episode, if you're opted into our automated transcription service, we transcribe every episode in just a couple of minutes right after it's published, and you can get the transcript downloaded as a PDF uh, or, or just copy and paste it right from your Castos dashboard. There is a charge for this. We charge 10 cents per minute, and this is just kind of tacked on to your regular hosting bill. Uh, but this is a good way to do this kind of on autopilot. It is done by machine. We don't have kind of people in the background transcribing these. So the, the trade-off that we think about with machine-done transcription versus human-done transcription is with machine-done transcription, it is cheaper, it is quicker, and it's more convenient because you can automate it. The downside is it's le- a little less accurate and especially depending on things like regional accents or proper names, things like that, um, it is sometimes necessary to go in and edit the transcript a bit. We typically find that um, the automated transcription services and even Castus, we, we tested a bunch of these before we integrated with one. If they get a word wrong, they always get it wrong in the same way. <laughs> so if they say someone's name wrong, they will always say it wrong in the same way. So doing something like a search and replace is pretty easy to clean these up in a, in a pretty efficient way. Another tool that we, that we like in certain applications is called Descript. Uh, so this is kind of a hybrid of a transcription tool and an editing tool. And what Descript does is that you upload your audio file, it gives a transcription, and then you can edit the transcription, and editing that transcription edits the audio as well. So, so this is a really cool tool, I think, for the right person in the right place in the right kind of situation. This is a great tool uh, and a great experience, but Descript is definitely worth looking at if you're looking for kind of a combination of transcription tool and editing. So we'll link Descript up in the show notes for this episode. And the last is if you're wanting, you know, 100% accurate transcriptions every time and you're willing to pay for it, Rev.com is the option that we like to go with. Uh, They have a pool of transcriptionists. They turn episodes around in typically a day or so, uh, but they are kind of like a dollar per audio minute. So, you know, they're 10 times more expensive than a transcription service like uh, Castos Automated Transcriptions. But again, if accuracy and 100% accuracy and you not having to worry about it is, is paramount important to you, then going with a service like Rev is a good idea here. Okay, so I hope that helps uh, and gives some insights on some popular questions that we see in our Podcast Hackers Facebook group. Uh, If you all have any questions, please join our group and ask questions there. It's a great way to get discussion dialogue from from myself, now from Matt Medeiros on our team, uh, and everyone else kind of on the Castos team, but also from all the rest of the community members in the Podcast Hackers group. We've got a lot of people with a ton of great experience there. If you have any troubles or questions, pop in there, ask a question. I'm sure you're going to get a really great response. And folks there will be helping you on your way as a podcaster. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next episode.